The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment is the law in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just a word. It's amazing. It's uh, in the next week or so it will be November. Something huge is happening in November. It's a month for all souls, right? So all of November we offer masses for all those who have died. So remember, all of November, uh, all the masses are dedicated for those who are loved, our loved ones and our family who have since gone on. So we pray for them the whole month. The whole church focuses her attention and prays for our, our departed brothers and sisters. And so if you're on our mailing list, you should be receiving an envelope for all souls. And so basically you just write down the names of all your loved ones you want masses offered for, and just turn them into the collection basket to the office or mail them back to the office. So you should be getting that soon in the mail. And we'll also have some out in, in, the, in the exits as well. And so in case you don't get it in the mail. So that's coming soon. And remember, that's one of the greatest things we can do, offer masses for our loved ones. So get those envelopes in and be honored to offer masses for them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. It's pop quiz time. You guys ready for a pop quiz? Bring out your papers and your pens. We got a pop quiz. What are the Ten Commandments in order? So as you kind of gather your thoughts, I'm, we're just going gonna to list through them. But we'll see how you do on this quiz. And remember what the, what the Ten Commandments are. Given to Moses on Mount Sinai 2,800 years ago. He wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets, the mighty tablets that Moses comes, comes down the mountain with, and was the moral code by which now would become the very moral and ethical foundation of Western civilization. Everything which our society is built upon are on these Ten Commandments. So it's good for us Christians to know what God wants us how to behave. So you ready for the pop quiz? All right. Number one, the first commandment. Thou shall not have any strange gods above me. Only one God. So don't go off and worshiping other gods. Only one. Number two, thou shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Respect God's mighty 
name. Number three, keep the Sabbath holy. And as Christians, remember, as for us, Sunday obligation, going to Mass. God's third commandment is coming to Mass. Number four, thou shalt honor your mother and your father. Respect our parents, love them, treat them well. Number five, thou shalt not kill. Number six, thou shalt not commit adultery. How are you guys doing so far? Doing good? All right. Number seven, seventh commandment, thou shalt not steal. Eight, thou shalt not bear false witness. No lying. Number nine. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. So if you notice your neighbor's wife got a prettier wife than yours, more handsome husband, stop looking at them. Don't covet them. Stay stay within your own. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Number ten. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's goods. Your neighbor has a nicer house than you, don't be jealous. They have a nicer car than you, don't be jealous. Don't covet your neighbor's goods. Those Ten Commandments now is a a very moral and ethical code of Western civilization. How'd you guys do? Raise your hand if you got all ten. Liars. (laughs) You violated number eight. (laughs) Praise the Lord, you guys did well. Number eight. Now, here's an easier one. I bet you most of us will get this. How many of us have violated most of these commandments? Absolutely. All of us have. These Ten Commandments, the genius behind the Ten Commandments, what, what that idea has introduced now into our civilization is a notion that there isn't a, a moral objective order. That morality is above us. That there's a code given to us by God by which we are now to follow. You see, if you notice, why has Western civilization produced education, the best health care, the most prosperous nations on earth? Or thinking back now to our own country. Notice the genius behind our nation's constitution and the principles by which we are founded upon. Because it says now that we're all created equal, endowed with certain inalienable rights. That, my friends, is coming from the Ten Commandments. Because it's saying, our founding fathers, that the moral order isn't dependent upon the opinion of one man. That all of us now are equal before the law. Ideally. You ever been to a courthouse? What is Lady Justice wearing on her face? A blindfold. Because it is saying that no matter if you're a plumber, you're a custodian, you're a teacher, you're a politician, you're a president, you stand equal before the law. Have you ever tried doing business in a third world country, by the way? Why is it hard to do business and to flourish in a corrupt third world country? 
Because you're not equal before the law, are you? No. It all depends on who you know and how much money you have. Because then you peddle the influence. You ever driven through some parts of Mexico? By the way, you're terrified, aren't you? Because what happens? You get pulled over by a cop. What's the first thing you do? You pull out your wallet. Why? Not for your license or registration, because you're going to probably have to pay them off. You see what the genius of Western civilization is now, that there is a moral objective code, not dependent upon the whim of a king, of a queen, or of those who are in power. So now let me ask you this. Is it easy to follow the Ten Commandments? Absolutely not. It is hard to, be, to stay faithful. It is hard to keep God the center of our lives. It is hard to keep the Sabbath holy. It is hard to keep God's name and, 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 and reverence properly. It is hard not to steal, not to lie. It is hard not to look lustfully at somebody. Remember, they even asked our Lord, oh, maybe some of you are saying, oh, I've never cheated on my spouse before. They asked Jesus that question. And what did Jesus say? It's a hard one. Have you ever looked at someone lustfully before? You've already committed adultery in your heart. And he challenges them. He says, you have already committed adultery. Have we all done that? Yes, we have. It is hard to stay true. But let me ask you, is it worth it? Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica. Notice now, this is written around over 1900 years ago. We were a tiny little church back then. Now we're we're two billion strong, so we were tiny back then. So we weren't the dominant religion on earth yet. We were tiny. Paul writes, You know what sort of people we were among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. What's he speaking about here? He's speaking about these new converts now that have decided to follow follow the path of Jesus Christ, to be disciples of Jesus. And that resolution, that determination now to become disciples of Jesus, now makes us responsible to follow the moral Christian ethic. And he's telling these, these new Christians, he's saying, You've become imitators of us and of the Lord. Meaning you have followed our example to behave the way God wants us to behave, but not like everybody else. And is that easy? No, look, it continues. You receive the word in great affliction. Christianity becomes hard when our values butt up against the prevailing culture. You see, in every age, whatever that is, Christians have always been persecuted when we don't behave like everybody else. Because, again, this moral order from God himself. What is the prevailing new moral ethic of our day. It is a new one now. 
is taking heavy, heavy roots in our culture and our mentality in Western civilization. We are now departing from the moral ethic, which was the foundation of our civilization. And you've heard of this phrase, it's summed up in this. Your truth is not my truth. Well, how many of us have heard that before? What's good for you is not good for me. Do whatever you want. This is called moral relativism. And it's, it's, it's no longer, it removes the objective order of God now. It removes the Ten Commandments. Instead, it replaces the moral objective order of God with the will. My will becomes the sole determiner of truth. Look at the 20th century in all of its horror. That's moral relativism in action. Because follow that logic for a moment. If there's no longer, no, no longer a moral objective in, in the universe anymore, and it becomes my soul will which determines right from wrong, good from evil, what happens? The person with the biggest gun determines what is truth now. Think of Adolf Hitler. Think of communism. Think of Stalin. Think of Mussolini. They determine who belongs in the social order, what is true, what is false. You see, this is why Western civilization always fights against moral relativism. Not only because it's a contradiction against the Ten Commandments, because now it unravels our entire civilization. This is why Christianity will always be hard. Because notice this now. The idea of moral relativism, and I get how attractive it is. Because how easy it is to say, you know what, I no longer believe that, so I will no longer do that. Thou shalt not steal? Ah, but I, I, I'll steal this. Thou shalt not commit adultery? I'll look lustfully at you. I'll cheat on you. Thou shalt not bear false witness? Ah, I don't feel like it today. Do you see how quickly civilization unravels? And that path, I dare say, is easy. The harder path now, and this is the path of saints, the path our Lord is asking of us. Humble yourself before the moral law. Walk the narrow way. Our Lord himself says that this path here, few find it. The path to destruction is wide and many fall into it. Because that path, you don't even have to try. You can lay on your couch and boom, you're sailing with the current. The Christian fights upstream. And I dare say, this path is a lot harder But it is worth it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your mind. This line which Jesus quotes in the Gospel is probably one of the most famous Bible verses in all of sacred scripture. Every pious Jew, every practicing Jew, recites this prayer every single day. They wrap it around their arm, they, have, they even have little leather straps when they pray this line from Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
They wrap it around their arms and they wrap it around their head and they recite it multiple times every weekday. It's called the Shema Israel. Shema Israel Adonai. Elohanu Adonai Chadad. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Because once we align ourselves to God's will, and here's the beautiful part about it, once we align ourselves to Him, then notice what happens next. Love your neighbor as yourself. Once we put God as a priority, you will become a better husband. You will become a better wife. You will become a better son and daughter. You will become a better American citizen. Because now your heart and your mind is rightly ordered to God. And I dare say, as hard as this is, it is absolutely worth it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.